Hey guys, Lance Zerline here. We're Houston. We're the city of champions. How about I give you another champion? If you've suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. They're champions. Free consultations are available 24-7. Dial 713-CALL-NOW. That's 713-CALL-NOW and DaspitLaw.com. But we're going to have to replace, you know, Maytime, Neris, and um, we also have Stanek. You know, we have yeah. to replace those kind of guys. Uh, I think the, the core of our bullpen is still intact. I think the rotation is still intact. I think at the end of the day, you know, we're going to have to get a backup catcher for Diaz because, you know, Diaz is going to be the main guy next year. What the schnitzel? Schnitzel, the favorite treat for little girls and boys to I was able to sing German drinking songs and juggle. There's an open tomorrow. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance. That is the bank. United, I love blues. There's no question about it. Uh, welcome in, everybody. A holiday show. It's Friday, and uh, we got a. What holiday are we celebrating? We're we're celebrating a, a weekend. You get two days off. That's a holiday. Okay, you're gonna have two days off to watch football. In hang Spain, around, you don't even have lights. to drink. You don't even have to work You've at all. You got a Spain. big event this weekend. Yeah, my son gets married tomorrow. So, in Spain, though, you don't have to work at all, like ever. No right. You just yeah. when I was in, with my friends in Sevilla, it was like they, I, they said it's different here now. A uh, weekend starts on Wednesday, <laughs> right. and I said, "Come on!" And they go, "No, it really, oh really, it really is like Wednesday is like Friday." If you want to get anything done in Spain at about one o'clock, forget about it. Oh no, they just said you know you closed. wake up and then you do your work in the morning and then, and then in the afternoon. You, you hang out, and you may go back and get Your, some stuff businesses done. Businesses may be open, may yeah, not be open. You never know. It was wild. Yeah. No, no. That's how that's how I said, how do how people live? Like, this is the this is the Gen Z dream come true yeah. here. How, how, how is ever what? Well, A, you need to speak. Like, in Sevilla, they're not speaking English, so you can forget that. No. They say, speak Spanish. Well, yeah, because you're in their this country. Spain speaks Spanish. Yeah, that's right. You're in you're in their country. When you're in America, a, you speak Spanish. They when don't have in, a, when you're in Spain, you speak Spanish. They don't have press one for Spanish, press two for English. There's no press no, anything. There's no press. You just get Spanish. No, no, no. In Sevilla, Sevilla's it was different, cool obviously, in, in Madrid. But Sevilla is a cool town too. Uh, very, very neat place. Um, so we got. We got a weekend of football here that we got to get ready for. We, it started last night, and Will Levis wore a a Letterman jacket to the game. Poor which choice. Is a, that, that's like, is he not aware of what Letterman jacket? It doesn't jackets? go well for anybody who tries this move. No, it's awful. And did you know that Kenny Pickett is one of the great fourth quarter quarterbacks in the history of the game? This is why Steeler fans think that Kenny Pickett uh, you hear some like the stats don't back it up, but you know you you heard the excitement headed into the year. You, the three of us, have talked about this. Like, why is the Kenny Pickett train going? And then you look at the stats, you say they weren't even good. Well, it's because there's kind of a false sense of potential greatness there because of his comebacks last year. Like he had one famously against the Ravens that a lot of Steeler fans point to. He's got like seven now. 
It's or six. something. Yeah. It's six. Um, has six fourth quarter comeback wins in his career. Six. Well, look okay. at this. The Steelers are the 34th team in NFL history to be outgained by their opponents in each of their first eight games. And they have a five and three record. That's crazy. No, no. They have a winning record. It's the first time that that's happened. Having a winning record and outgained in every game. Outgained in every game. Kenny Pickett, right now, who has more fourth quarter comebacks over the last two years? He or Josh Allen? Uh... I mean, it's, it's got to be not, Kenny uh, Pickett. You should know. It's, Ke- it's, it's Kenny Pickett. He has four. Josh isn't behind. In the last five minutes. Most most go-ahead TD passes in the last five minutes. Kenny Pickett, four. Josh Allen, three. Is there a stat for how many times that go-ahead touchdown gets you to 20 points? Like, because they're generally <laughs> like at the That's what happens a lot. But actually, regardless, it gives them the lead. Sure. Right. But is that and, sustainable? Oh, by the way, how many times is Josh Allen trailing? He's rarely, he's Josh Allen. Yeah. The Bills. You ain't got no haters, Kenny. You ain't popping. Don't worry about Dell. <laughs> I'm just pointing out that the defense is like the only reason we're in the games when the offense has scored 13 points is because we're over here. Well, maybe maybe you can put some respect on him since he's up there with Brady and Mahomes. Uh, Whoa, yes. uh huh. Highest PFF grade in the fourth quarter OT with the score. That's elite. Within seven. Since 2022, Tom Brady, 85.4. Kenny Pickett, 85.2. It's time to talk about this. Patrick thing. Mahomes, 84.9. Who's better? Kenny Pickett. I imagine all these games are shootouts that the, that Kenny Pickett just fire and fire and fire. <laughs> and then in the fourth quarter, he even raises his game a little bit more, right? He keeps them right. in the game. These they ask like, him to game manage until they, they ask him. All, they say game manage, <laughs> game manage, cut it loose, Kenny. So it's not like 34-31 and then he... he no. Takes them down the field to make it 38-34? It's not 42-40. Okay. okay. What are the scores in it's, these games? It's 16 It wasn't Mahomes versus Allen in the uh, playoff game a few years ago. It's just like, yeah. No. All right? If you need not me like to go down, and if we're leaving, if we're losing 16-13, watch what I can do here. It's Steelers football, Dell. Hey, have, know some history. That's how Steelers football well, is. Well, we play defense. I mean, they also we had... Ball control. We like the yeah, we like the, the keep, That's not what Ben Ben Ben, ben Roethlisberger didn't no, really. He didn't. He was. He didn't believe in that. They were fired. Well, but he was. That's why he's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's after a long, yeah, long, he's old too. That's after a long thing. run, but right that sixteen years, but uh, seventeen years. So um, yeah, Kenny Pickett is, I, I, is for elite, reason, and we gotta start talking about him for MVP now. And for some, I don't know why, but Kenny I was Pickett just thinking for about MVP. this before the show. For some reason, like Ben Roethlisberger, he's no longer their quarterback. You know why? Because he's not. We're so much luckier. We're so much better off than like Thomas Edison or George Washington because we're still alive. Mm. They're not. We win. They don't. Right? Mm. So so th- wait a minute. Those people are all dead. We're still alive. So we're, we're better, better off than, than George Washington than and Thomas Edison because we... We got to see Roethlisberger to picket transition, or well, I'm trying to figure no, out because we're still breathing. They're not. They lost. right, but what were you? They thinking? lost their lives. But how were you thinking about that in the context of Ben Roethlisberger? Well, would you rather be George Washington or yourself right now? Me. Yeah. Well, they're you're com- alive. They're coming for George Washington at some point. Well, can they're you- never going to come for me. Ben's not oh. dead. Who? Ben Roethlisberger's not dead. Well, no, he's, no, no, he's, but he's no longer the quarterback. He's football dead. Yeah. He's, he's going to be a he's Hall of Famer. He's dead to us. He's a Hall of Famer. He does, every once in a while, get on a podcast and say something that's like, like Lamar Jackson needs to get a lot better as a passer. And then there were people that wanted him dead at that point yeah. when he made that comment. 
But now Lamar's got nine <laughs> passing touchdowns and one of the lead, MVP, one of the leaders for the MVP, MVP candidacy. So MVP. So suck it, Ben. Him and Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Him and Pickett. Yep. Kenny Pickett. Now Pickett's got a little lead on Lamar because well Lamar's got the extra win. Kenny's got the ninth, the fourth uh, quarter comeback. Uh, Art, you can't be Art can't be dumber. JG's wearing a vest like a basic bia today. It's cold out. You have to put more clothes on, Art. Wait, That's, that was uh, well. The kids wear hoodies when it's hot. The kids are stupid. Okay, kids are stupid. No, this they is what wear you do when it's cold. When it's hot, this is what you do when it's cold. That's right. Okay, <clears throat> JG wearing. If, you know vest. why I'm wearing that's this? A quarter, because it's colder out. Art. That's a quarter zip. That's you not can't a, be stupid. You can't be dumber, Art. That's when not. A, I wear more clothes when it's cold out, and I wear less clothes when it's hot out. That's the that's the basic premise. Try to do, you know, the kids wearing hoodies in a hundred degree heat can't be dumber. That can't be dumber. But did, that's what they do. Did you see Durant versus Tall Durant yesterday? I did not. Mm-hmm. It was Kevin Durant versus uh, uh, Victor Wembanyama, and yeah, it was. I'm gonna tell you, I think Victor's gonna be pretty good. That's yeah, a two, you think? That's a two game sweep for the the Suns in Phoenix. They've beaten them. That you know, the NBA with their scheduling tries to make make teams travel less. So they played two games in mm-hmm. Phoenix the last couple nights, or well, last three nights, two over the last three nights, and they won both. And Wimby was great. To, the last, Spurs won both. Night. Not, yeah, not the Spurs Phoenix. won both. Did you see what happened to? Yeah, Wimby was terrific. Did you see what happened to? Uh, how they lost the first one, John. There's like five seconds to go in the game. Oh, and Kevin Durant, and, two- and Kevin's tiny hands, uh, and Kevin's weak Take arms and hands. From him. They just, Keldon Johnson just snatched it away, just and took it out of his hands. And laid it up, and yeah. nobody stopped. It was and, like. And, and uh, yeah, it was. It was funny. It was ridiculous how easy that was to take the ball away from Kevin Durant and win the game. And then last night, Victor, Victor, man, those highlights. He looks, he's really. you. So you think in your professional opinion that Victor Wembanyama might as, be good. Yeah, as a talent evaluator, right. somebody who does this okay. for a living, All right. um, I recognize special. And look, he, look what he did yesterday, 38 and 10. I just have a feeling that Victor Wembanyama is going to end up being a pretty good player. That's what it feels like. You think like. so? You think <laughs> that the number one overall pick, maybe the most hype picked in re- since LeBron James, might be a pretty good player? Do you know I had to have an argument about what generational meant with, with Mason? Mason's the worst hot take artist ever. Right. And, and, and Mason at one point was arguing like, what's a big deal with, you know, with Victor? There's a Chet, Chet Holmgren may end up being as good as him. That's not, you know, it doesn't make it. Lots of guys are... You know, or thought to be, I said, Mason, generational means it's like LeBron, Jordan. These are generation, a generation's talent. I said, you guys, now the word generational is used all the time. And he goes, and I said, women Yama is a generational talent. And he said, no, he goes, that's not true. Just because he's tall. You know, Bull Bull had that kind of hype coming out too. I was like, no, Bull Bull, what? Bull, Bull had that. And he makes me mad with this, but yeah. he's not even trolling. That's no, what makes me mad. I said, Bull, Bull. Ed, I didn't even know who Bull, Bull was until he was like three years in the What are you talking about? What are you, Mason, why do you listen to him? And he makes you nuts. And he makes me nuts because <laughs> his, his takes are so bad. And I know they're real. Sometime every once in a while he trolls, but. That was one where he was like trying to make a point that ball. He goes, everyone thought he was like a, a top five player coming out. I said, who's everyone? All the draft boards. I said, what draft boards? <laughs> so Sebastian is in the backseat thinking he's a fool. Immediately goes out. He goes, look at this. ESPN said he was the 20th ranked. 
that's not coming out. That's not even a top. That's not top five. That's that's not even in the lottery. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Let's stop. Well, how did Mason get us on a bowl bowl argument? Can, can, uh, you, can you please stop? But no, as you mentioned, we got a lot of football to talk about today. <laughs> as we've gone through some stuff, Sevilla, Spain, Victor Wembanyama, bowl bowl. There's a lot of a lot of different things to to kick around, but most importantly, it's the Baker Mayfield. Uh, mm. It's kind of just slowed down a little bit for Baker, but it's Baker versus C.J. Stroud. And you know, when we come back, Bobby Slowick had some comments yesterday, more than one. Um, and I know it had to do with the line of questioning, but I think there's some things out there on the field that C.J.'s not seen uh, because Bobby Slowick made multiple mentions about an element of the game that they want to see get a lot better. And when we come back, we'll play Bobby Slowick's comments because this clearly is on his mind of something he wants C.J. Stroud to be a little better at doing. All right. Right now we're talking about Mark Klein and Klein's jewelry. I'm talking about just the best place to get your jewelry on, people. He is going to save you money. Mark's been saving money for our listeners for years and years. I can't even tell you how many years Mark's been doing it, but he is awesome, man. And it doesn't matter what the jewelry is that you're looking for. Hey, you can call him. You can text him. You can text him a picture of something that you have found that Mark will make for you, okay? If you've got a designer jewelry piece that she wants, Mark will make that for you at a fraction of the cost. He's done it. He's done it for me. They didn't even know it, but they, you know, so I'm not revealing anything because they're not listening right now, but I have gotten designer jewelry from Mark that you couldn't even tell the difference. 832-316-1388. She wants some kind of pendant. She wants earrings. She wants a necklace. She wants bracelets, whatever it is. And they've got the lab-grown diamonds, which is a fraction of that cost. So if you're looking for the best way to get her into those uh, diamonds this holiday season, whether it's birthday, it's anniversary, whatever, whatever you have coming up, or start the process of your Christmas present. Kleinsjewelry.com. He's got two locations now: Woodway and Augusta, Fountain View and Westheimer. Kleinsjewelry.com. Eight three two three one six thirteen eighty eight. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. Hi, right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Little Texans. So, so last week, the Texans, it was, it, was, it was really frustrating the way that they played that game. They, in their first, I think it was their first five, um, let me look it up, their first five, five drives, they had their longest drive of the season, most successful drive by plays and by uh, yards and by plays and by time. So yeah. that was really good. And then the other four first drives, three, 22 yards total. Oh, it was, so it was, it was either, you know, it was feast or famine. And that's awfully difficult. That's why you got a 15 to 13 score because you have one long drive and then nothing after that. Nothing. Right. So, so Bobby Slowick addressed that this week. And whether or not how, how the Texans, one of the things that they need to do 
this week is have explosive plays. Here is, and he makes a couple of references to this. So here, let's uh, let's play number one. Uh, Bobby Slowick talking about having some more explosive plays. Every week we're striving for explosive plays. We've done a pretty good job of it most of the year. You know, I'd say we struggled early on just taking advantage of some explosive opportunities. And then really the last two games, and, and I mainly would say the second half in New Orleans and then last week for sure. Um, we had some opportunities there that we just didn't, we didn't finish. We didn't really quite, uh, you know, take advantage of. We had some some deep balls there that that we missed that were explosive ops. We had, I think, four batted or tipped balls, one of which wasn't explosive, and then and then there were some others that you know we felt pretty good about the looks we were thrown into, and and they knocked them down, which makes it you know when you can't take advantage of the looks you want, it's obviously that's going to limit the amount of chunk plays you have. Chunk plays are the <laughs> chunk plays are everything now, and and. It's because the era of Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady is over. You can't just dink and dunk your way down the field with 14 play drives consistently. It's too hard. One holding penalty and you're done. You know, you just can't afford that. And um, they had plenty of penalties. Yeah, they did. So you have to have the explosive plays. Chunk play is defined by 15 or more yards on the ground and 25 or more yards uh, through the air. And so... Getting the chunk plays, a lot of times that is directly correlated with successful teams. So they had the 92-yard, in the first half last week, the 92-yard drive. The other four drives, 11 yards total because they had a minus 13-yard drive at the end of the, uh, not even at the end of the first half, before the end of the first half. That's awful. That's awful. They can't have this. So where is that coming from? Is that coming from not designing the plays, not setting up the plays, not tr- not not seeing the plays, CJ not throwing the ball down the field, and it might be that. Here is Bobby Sloak talking more about what CJ needs to do. I mean, it's always a balance, right? But anytime, especially with him, like anytime we got a chance to be aggressive, anytime we got a chance to, to throw to open space to our receivers, we want to put him in that position as much as possible. Like we feel that great about what he can do, how talented he is, how how he throws a ball and where he puts it, really all over the field. You know, now getting to the point when we recognize when is the right look and when is not, and how efficient you can kind of just click through that across the field. I think that's an endless process for every quarterback, and particularly a young quarterback. So you can kind of read between the lines. I think he wants to be be able to have CJ recognize when it's there. And throw when it's there, when the opportunity arises. It's like we call this in running for running backs, clear point of entry. So if a running back has to see the hole, like there has to be a big hole for him to see it and go, that's a running back who needs a clear point of entry. But there are other running backs who feel the blocking scheme and kind of have a feel for where something's going to open up. With quarterbacks, you have to be able to see safeties and just have an innate feel for, I can get this throw down. Like, this is an advantageous look for me. I'm going to make the throw. And I don't know if CJ's there yet because he's not turning it over, which means he's not taking a lot of chances, uh, which is fine with me as a rookie. But at some point, he is going to have to learn to be a chance taker. He, I don't think he that's was a taking huge... more earlier. <clears throat> right. And, and maybe the defenses are showing him different looks, I think. Well, I asked you earlier this week, what about the way that they're using Tank? Okay, he had three rushes, and one, he had one good run where he had to spin and, and get pick up nine yards. That was nice. What about in the passing game? Now, you're not seeing Tank at all in the passing game. And earlier this year, you were. You remember that James Franklin uh, exchange he had with, with one of the reporters? 
The reporter was basically asking James, James Franklin, hey, why don't you just chunk one up? Why don't you just throw the yeah. ball? Why don't you throw a bomb, even if he's not open? And James, James Franklin, Franklin almost tried to embarrass him to Hari Kari. Right. He, he, James Franklin, I don't understand. I can't understand well, your say, philosophy. Like, what exactly is your question well, again? But the, I think the point is this, mm-hmm. is that you have to loosen up the safeties a little bit. I think his point was, if you don't chuck the ball at all down the field, then guess what? And the, the field becomes tighter and tighter and tighter. And if they, there's no threat of going deep on you, then then it's going to be all, that much harder. I don't remember. Do you remember him throwing deep last week? No. No, I don't remember him throwing deep last week. But I think the point is, and I'm not saying just chunk it up, even if the guy's covered or whatever the case may be, but you have to have the threat of – now, did Robert Woods not be in there hurt? Robert Woods is not a – he's a possession receiver now. He's not a deep threat. But did – how much I, – I, I Well, saw, but Nico Collins is a, is a vertical receiver. It's just that he's not – I think the fact that they don't have a second receiver that they want. How many targets did he get? I mean, it was like – they didn't even – it was at, – at, maybe it was what uh, Carolina was throwing at him, but – there was. It seemed like there was no vertical passing effort. I'm going to throw week. you. This is going to surprise you a little bit. Average depth of target. <clears throat> average depth of target. The average throw you're making. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the high side, let me give you the high side first. On the high side is going to be, come on, pull it up. There it is. Uh, okay, Taylor Heineke, that's not enough. Let me go to 100 dropbacks. So make it a little bit more. Okay, on 100 dropbacks. Jordan Love, 10.3 yards, uh, average depth of target. Ryan Tannehill, 10.2. Then comes Deshaun Watson, 9.9. Derek Carr, 9.3. Jalen Hurts, 9.2. Garoppolo, 9.2. Matthew Stafford, 9.1. And Baker Mayfield, 9.1. There's not a lot of winning in there, by the way. No. Not a lot of winning, which is a little surprising. But that's the average shot that they're taking, the average depth of target. On the low end, it looks like this. And this, but the, you don't want to be at the low end either. Daniel Jones. No. Joe Burrow, 6.7 yards is his average depth of target. I think a lot of that was well, he when he had his issues. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, they yeah. were trying to protect him a little but bit. But they do a lot of bubble screens. Jared Goff. With those guys, you're going to do a lot of bubble screens. J- yeah, but you want to throw down the field with Jamar yeah, Chase. Absolutely. My yeah. guess is different years. It looks way different. Uh, Jared Goff, only seven up to this point. Bryce Young, young quarterback, 7-1. Mac Jones, 7-5. Anthony Richardson, 7-5. Gardner Minshew, 7-9. Dak Prescott, 7-9. Can he pick it eight? I got to go all the way down to where do we get to Stroud? Maybe he's not in there. Yeah, he is eight seven. So his average depth of targets not bad. No, but he, but it, but well, not in this game though. I mean, this game brought had to had, had to have brought him down. Yeah, um, because, well, just because it's a depth of target doesn't mean it was a completion. Yeah, right, right, right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, you know your your average your average completion, and then there's air yards versus yak yards. They've got all kinds of I got all kinds of stuff on here, uh, like your yak yard percentage right now. C.J. Stroud from a yak yard percentage. If I look at the same thing, who's doing more on the ground? Who's doing it through the air, and who's doing it on the ground? Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, Justin Fields. Anthony Richardson, Russell Wilson. That's the most yards after catch people. P.J. Walker, but I'm not really. Well, 
They're not really adding. I would have thought there. Brock Purdy because he throws a lot of you know slants you know, and, and CJ Stroud's know. not CJ Stroud's not bad. He's he's forty five percent. You want it through the air. I mean, well, you want both. It doesn't one doesn't make it better no. than the other. It just gives you an idea. You hit a guy on the run and he picks up but, another twenty. But here's yards. the thing: in this offense, you're supposed to have a lot of yak yards because you're on the move. It's West Coast, yeah. So that number should actually. be I would higher. thought Brock Purdy would be higher. Where's yeah, Purdy? that number should be higher. Brock Purdy is um, right there by CJ Stroud. His his uh, his yak yards are forty five two. It's literally he's just a little worse than uh, CJ Stroud. Uh, but you want that number to be higher if you're a West Coast offense. Uh, absolutely, because you're catching stuff on the run and going. That's right, and and that's where you get some explosive plays as well. It doesn't have to be throwing the ball all the way, you know, throwing bombs all the time. It could be hitting a guy in stride in a seam, and he picks up a big about a thir- twenty thirty. What is an explosive play? 25 yards? 25. 25. Yeah, it's yeah. 25. So I'm trying to find them right now because they kind of they moved them on me, and I'm not sure where this is. Well, but it seems like is there something going on between Slowick and, and uh, CJ? I think it's just CJ doesn't know how to recognize things. He's a rookie quarterback. It's just I think he doesn't recognize opportunities. Bobby kind of mentioned it. Like we could play cut, too. He basically talks about, you know, you have to, it's the opportunities. He talked about explosive ops before, and he didn't mean your ops are explosive and like they're coming to get you, your ops. He meant opportunities, not ops. I wonder if this is going to mean that, listen, I, I, I would throw to Tank. I don't know. He, he had, what, five, six targets the last uh, he had. Tank had four targets. Nico had six. Noah Brown had five. Noah Brown had a nice game. He had five targets, three catches, fifty-seven yards. He had a thirty-one-yard catch. That one that was tipped, he stepped out of bounds. That was a that was a nice play. But Noah Brown, he was dependent on him because Robert Brooks, Robert uh, uh, Woods wasn't there. So uh, you know, Noah Brown was did a nice job. Did a really nice job. But but Robert, I'm surprised. Robert Woods means more to CJ than I thought he would this year. Mm-hmm. Robert Woods has not been this kind of receiver for a quarterback over the last few years. He's just been a guy. But he has meant, meant something to C.J. Stroud, and whether or not he, he not being there affected C.J. at all. But the fact of the matter is is that they did not throw the ball down the field. They did not get chunk plays. They, they were stagnant. They had one drive. And Slowick is right. You're going to, especially this team, it seems like there's going to be a penalty to screw you. Yeah. There's going to be an, a false you, start. You there's going to the, be a hold. And you're a play-action-based team, which sets up the, the, the deep shot. Yeah. Like you got to get to it more. I think, Bobby, you know, a lot of times people say the play calling, every play call, the scheme design is, is set up with levels. So you're going to have short, medium, deep throws a lot of the times. You'll have routes that put defenders in conflict, and you're, the quarterback is supposed to read a linebacker or a safety, or, you know, he reads a certain player and then makes a decision off that read. It's, it's way more complicated than fans just saying he's calling the short pass plays. That's not what it is. It's mostly it's the quarterback is uh, is supposed to take what is available to him. But right now, I think probably based on what what Bobby's talking about and based on the way the offense is run, maybe CJ right now is opting a little more quickly because he's getting rid of the ball. You love he's not taking sacks. He's not making turnovers. These are things I've been praising him for. But listening to Bobby Slowick, I think what he's saying is, hey, there are some opportunities that we're going to have to take because we can't go 12 play drives down the field. Even with good quarterbacks, not to mention rookie quarterbacks. Right, and a couple of things about that. This will be interesting this week because Tampa is a high-blitz team. 
very high blitz oh, team. Todd, and Todd Bowles brings some crazy he stuff. Do, he does bring stuff, but CJ's really good against the blitz. Secondly, they're a high blitz team, but they don't get to the quarterback. It's, Who, it's Tampa? No, yeah. They just don't get to the quarterback nearly as much as they as, as, as they blitz. So this will be interesting to see how the Texans handle this Texans, and how CJ handles it this, this week. Texans only have 18 explosive runs for the year. The worst is the Raiders with seven. Then it goes Patriots and Bucks with 13. So keep that in mind with the Bucks. They can't get they can't get over 15 yards. Then it goes Packers 14, uh, Panthers 15, uh, Bengals 15, Vikings 15. Well, the Texans Jets, had them, and it's mostly yards. Texans, yards after contact. Texans are 18. Yeah, it's not great. First place is going to be two teams with 37: the Bears. And the Ravens now, those well, are the quarterbacks who can run. All right, yeah. we got a break. And when we come back, let's talk about the defensive side with Will Anderson. There seems to be some kind of a uh, something going on out there, whether or not Will Anderson is as effective as Matt Burke says he is. We will talk about it on the other side. But first, you, my friend, need to talk about your patio. Texas Custom Patios. Uh, they are league leaders in the state of Texas. They are state champs. Um, they don't wear Letterman jackets, but they're state champs. Don't worry about it. Won multiple awards. Go to the before and afters and see what they do. And I, and I ask you to do that because, A, it's always the, the highest engagement I've ever had on a social media post, at least on Facebook where you could see it, was my before and after of my patio because I think so many people saw um, it, it. Just it, It's baffling to, to see what it looked like before and what they were able to conceptualize and create. It was, it was amazing. And then they retrofit a kitchen because I didn't have a kitchen put in at the time. It truly is. It really helps you to see what's possible at your home. When you see what the homes look like before and then after, you can't even believe that's the same home, but it is. And they're going to look just like homes like you have. I do not have a big home, and yet they turned my ranch-style home, 2,400 square feet, into something in the backyard that was truly beautiful and highly functional and something that gave me and is continuing to give me a lot of joy, a lot of pleasure. I was out there just yesterday eating dinner, watching a show I had before I had to go take off and run some errands. So I'm just telling you, if this is your time to live your best life and to really enjoy, take your house to a home, Texas Custom Patios is the company company to call, texascustompatios.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We're your daddy. You was a toilet baby. Tip just popped down like a little old turd, just right down in a bowl. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's time to rejoin the undisputed best sports talk show in Houston. It's clearly John and Lance, except no substitutes. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5, Bobby Slowick and Matt Burke met the media yesterday. Talk about game plans, what's going to happen. Uh, and so there is a – okay, where are you on Will Anderson? Fine. Is Will Anderson – is Will Anderson having a good rookie year? I think it's solid. I feel like it's solid based on just watching him. I haven't gotten into the data, but – from uh, just watching him, I think he's doing well against the run. Uh, the the run defense is substantially better this year. I think Will Anderson's a reason for that. I think from a pass rush standpoint, I'll look him up, but well, I feel like his pass rush stuff has been pretty pretty solid. Well, we got, got some stats here. Okay. But here is Matt Burke talking about Will Anderson and the impact that he's making, which you just can't see. Will's been impactful, man. He I, Again, I've, I feel like I've said this a lot. I think he's... Already, as a rookie, one of the best 
run defenders on the edge in the NFL. Like he's powerful and violent set edges as good as uh, a lot of people I've seen in this league. So, uh, and then the rush thing, it's just not, not chasing sacks. You know I mean? Not, not getting frustrated. He affects the quarterback right now. He's close. He's pre- I mean, his pressure rate's still really high. Um, and I think his challenge is not getting frustrated by, you know, the sack production in your game. You start chasing stats, it, it, it goes the wrong way. So I feel like last week, even though like his sack didn't end up on the production, and everything else that like, those six sacks and all the pressures that we got, like he was a big part of that, of how he rushes. Again, we talk about rushing as a unit, and those guys, JG's not getting a sack if Will's not put press in the pocket to like push guys out that way, those sort of things. So I, I feel like I say the same thing every week. I feel great with where Will is and, and what he's been doing, and he is making a huge impact for this defense. So there is an, a bit of an argument. Joel, can I tell you, it's Jeremy Branham. He is Uh-oh. disgusted with Matt Burke saying that that uh, Jonathan Greenard sacks have anything to do with Will Anderson. Here is uh, edge pass win rate. Well, a lot of it has. The, Burke may be talking about the way that they're sliding maybe protections will, but I'm not sure if they're doing that. I think Grenard has gotten his pressures on, on his own for the most. So 23% of the time, will uh, Grenard is getting double teamed. Will Anderson, 24% of the time. Their pass rush win rate, Will Anderson, 28%. Grenard, 25%. The number of plays don't matter. Wins, well, Will Anderson has 30 wins in 108 plays. And Jonathan Grenard has 28 wins in 113 plays. So his win rate percentage is better. Will Anderson's is. His double team is just slightly higher. Grenard is getting double-teamed as well, though, just a percentage point less. Um, so whether or not is – whether or not – I mean, I, I, I've got to believe Matt Burke when he says Will Anderson is helping John not, – not, nothing against Jeremy Branham. Sounds nothing like against, there's a lot against Jeremy Branham. No, I've got nothing right? against Jeremy Branham, but I'm kind of going to listen to the defensive coordinator – the guy who's doing this every day and mm-hmm. his is evaluating it. Now maybe he's and you could make the argument that Matt Burke is covering for him is, you know, trying to protect the rookie because he doesn't have the sack numbers. Okay. So pass rush, you ready? The pass rush grades, take it for what it's worth. I, I used this year's rookies on the edge and last year's rookies. So I'm even choosing two years. The best is Aiden. Hutchinson. Well, he's great, yeah. Next comes Jonathan Kingsley. Okay. But he's only got 41 rushes, so let me let me go to minimum uh we'll go to a minimum of uh 75 or so. Yeah, we'll go to a minimum of uh yeah, let's do 75. 75 pass rushes. Let's see if that helps a little bit. Anyway, um Will Anderson's next. Right after Aiden Hutchinson? Yeah. 73-2. Listen, every week the stats come out. Who was closest to the quarterback at, 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 at the time of his throws? And Will Anderson, on a regular basis, is at the top of that list. Whether or not he's getting there, he is pressuring the quarterback. He is the guy that has been the closest to the quarterback multiple times. I'll look at specifically. Of the, of the, I don't know what the number is on the I'll seven look games. Specifically but I've seen this uh, time and time again where Will Anderson is the guy that's closest to the quarterback when he's throwing the football. 
specifically pass rush stats. Um, I'll, I'll look at that for, as I mentioned, the rookies and the second year players. And there's guys like Boy Mafi who Mafi who's in there. Um, it's pulling it up right now. It's searching through a lot of. It's searching through a lot. Of, I'm gonna think I'm gonna do minimum snaps 100. Okay. Right, that'll be a little bit better. And I'll tell you when it comes up. And then I'm gonna look at. Um, here it is, Aiden Hutchinson. As far as pass rush grades, Aiden Hutchinson is one, and uh, number two is Will Anderson. But if we look at, let's see, their uh, percentage of pass rush snaps. No, that's percentage of pass rush snaps. Let me see. Um, the win rate. If you want to look at win rate, a lot. Of, or the what about pressure? Percentage of plays with pressures okay. generated. Number one is George Karloftis. Number two is Aiden Hutchinson. Number three is Nick Bonito. Then comes Byron Young from the Rams. Boy Mafe from the Seahawks. All Byron Young is the only rookie in there out of those out of those guys. Then Tuli Tuopolotu from the Chargers, and then Will Anderson. So Will Anderson is seventh out of the last. Now you're two talking years. about just the first first Pressure or second rate. year players. Yeah, first so, second year players. Now if you look at win rate, who wins at the point of attack? It goes Aiden Hutchinson, then Will Anderson. Then now, just out of first and second year players, you're not including Jonathan Greenard. No, no, Greenard, no. Right. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm just including right. that. But I can go. I can also just go look at team, and I can take out. And I can go look at. And I'll do this. I'll take out uh, team, and then I will take out uh, the rookies. We're not looking at rookies, and then uh, the edge position. And I'll go find this. I'll go find this for you. I'll go find this for you, right now. And give me a give me a second. Talk okay. about something else. Pretend like you're talking about something else. Um, okay, I'll pretend right now that I'm talking about uh, the Texans this weekend and Tampa Bay and how many sacks. Okay, does it if if Will Anderson is pressuring the quarterback is getting pressures? I know sacks are important. QB hits, sacks, pressures. All of these things matter as well. I'm, I, and oh, by the way, playing the run as well. Will Anderson is doing a really nice job against the run. Now, is he Jadavian Clowney? Is he, is he right now Jadavian Clowney the way that Jadavian, if he was Jadavian Clowney in his tenure here, would you be happy with him? Oh, uh, no, not really. No, not if he's Jadavian Clowney, but he's already way more skilled than Jadavian Clowney. As, 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 Look at the pressure rate. Look at the win rate. It's up there just under Aiden Hutchinson. I think here, I've got the numbers right now. It's got Jerry Hughes, Jonathan Grenard, and Will Anderson. Okay? Pass rush grade, Will Anderson over Grenard, 73 to 68. Um, percentage of pass rush snaps, 33% for Will Anderson, 35% for, for Grenard. Sacks, 2 to 8. Will Anderson to Grenard. Grenard's got 8. Um NFL sacks takes into account half sacks seven for for Grenard. Um, your hurries, Will Anderson seventeen, Grenard thirteen. Your um, let's see, beaten by defender, pass rusher beats a pass protector and would have earned a pressure, but was denied by outside factors. Twelve for Anderson, nine for Grenard. Total pressures twenty six for Anderson, twenty five for Grenard. Well, well, okay. This is, Win rate, pressure rate is slightly higher. Twelve point nine for Will Anderson, 
12.5 for Grenard. But this, but, the okay, so the they're basically the same. But we're not. But but so Jeremy Branham, and I'm, I'm, I'm just saying this because this is there's, I think this is out there, and Jeremy Branham is making the argument that Grenard's stats are better than Will Anderson's. But that's not the argument. Well, the sacks that's are. Not, yeah, no, 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 no. His sacks are way up, way more than, than, Will, than Will Anderson. He is getting to the quarterback more, and he's sacking the quarterback more. But it's that's not the argument. Who's better? The argument isn't is Grenard better than Will Anderson. That's not the argument. The argument is is whether or not Grenard is benefiting from Will Anderson, and it seems to be the case that it, that that having two guys on the outside who can actually run rush the quarterback, you cannot argue that that Grenard isn't much better this year than he has been in the past. Whether or not that is him with a better a bigger effort because it's a contract year. Or it's because Will Anderson is on the other side and the offenses have to worry about him more. Or whatever the case may be, Jonathan Grenard is better this year. That's not even arguable. Hey, sack number one was just, I've got all the sacks. Sack number one was him just bull rushing. Sack number two he gets. He, came he, with, the came quarterback ran right into it. outside over right. the tackle. It was a, Dar- it was a David Carr sack. Right. David Carr was it. famous for always running over the top of a tackle instead of sliding up in the pocket. Sack number three for him. And some of these are factors where you just, you know, you're just a little bit right there. There's a good bull rush, great yep. great rush for him. That's whenever he beat up on uh, Trevor Penning um, was the sack there. Sack number four against Carolina Panthers. Well, he had about six in this game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. That, that one took a, time. That, that but was that a, was a good. He beat a, Iki Aquano. He did, but it was also a coverage sack. Yeah, it took a little time to get there on that sack. Yeah, this that, one I think is just a hand swipe sack on Eki Aquano, if I remember correctly. Nope, bull rush. But he's bull rushing. How many tell you his bull he's rush got three is pretty bull damn rushes. good? Yeah, he's and he was not considered a bull rusher at all his, when he came yeah, out. His bull but rush Ike is Aquano, actually really, really good. I, t- I tweeted this like he is so oh my God. another just, bull rush on Ike. He just crushed and Ike him. Aquano is a big guy, but his hands he keeps his hands wide, so he gives up his chest, and you can bull rush him. You can get all the, you know, I mean. A lot of his sacks are because he got matched up with a Kawanu and Will Anderson did not. That's a simple two hand swipe. And that's the left tackle he's he yeah. he's matched up with. And yeah. he just crushed him. But he if we look at Will Anderson, one of the things we have to look for is how many times is Will Anderson uh having to face a, a tight end on the other side, you know? But you see most of these sacks are coming off of there's another one where I mean he hey, listen, Jonathan Grenard is earning his sacks. He's he's earning his sacks. Uh, he's beaten his players for the sacks. I just think Will Anderson would have done this. Will Anderson has a better speed to power rush. I think he would have done the same thing against Iki Aquanu. You look at the totality of everything, and the numbers look very similar. I would just say don't get too down. People are going to look for reasons to get down on players. I, don't get too down on But again, Will, it's Will turned Anderson. into who's better, Will Anderson or Jonathan Grenard. Why? That's not why. Say, first of all, they're the same team. Who you cares? Want to, you want to generate a pass rush. Like, right. we're in such a hurry but, to I mean, make it I an individual it, it, thing. Jeremy's offended by well, the fact Jeremy, that, that, that Matt Burke says that, that Grenard is benefiting from Will Anderson. He absolutely is. He absolutely is benefiting from another well, a really good pass rusher on the other I side. I have not seen Jonathan Grenard in any of his sacks did he have a tight end on his side where he's well, wide, not, widening None of his out. sacks did he get double teamed either. Uh, no. No. No slide protection. No, no. All right, 713-780-3776. When we come back, James Harden is not a system guy. What? He is not a system guy, and we'll tell you why and what exactly he is. 
on the other side. But first, I know what he is. We got all-state siding. Is he an all-state siding guy? I don't know. He should be. He's coming back to Houston. I mean, he's, uh, where is he right now? He's with the Clippers. Uh, I don't I don't care what they do in Los Angeles. I only care about what we're doing in Houston in the state of Texas. I care about windows, for example, that are made right here in the state of Texas. We here in Houston, we have excessive humidity. We have excessive heat. We have hurricane season where you get those crazy winds. We have, there's everything. There's everything. There's noise if you live in a city. Do you know that new double-pane, double-strength windows made right here in Texas are going to reduce the noise? They're going to reduce, because they're properly fit and sealed, they will reduce the amount of, of leaky air conditioning that leaks outside or, or cool air that comes inside, dust that comes inside. Really, what I'm telling you is that with Allstate windows inside, and you have a chance to lower your energy bills by as much as 40%, you're going to reduce the noise, you're going to make your house safer, and maybe most importantly for you, is really add to that curb appeal. Your house is just much more attractive. Allstate Windows and Siding, they've got deep discounts for ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 listeners when you have a window job done. So make sure you ask about that. And they do the same thing with siding too. So whether it's window, siding, or both, they can finance it for you. They've got no interest for a year. Ask about some of the features that they have. AllstateWindowsAndSiding.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter patter. It's a hard life picking stones and pulling teats, but sure as God's got sandals, it beats fighting dudes with treasure trails. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. Hey, right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. So, James Harden met the media in L.A. for the first time yesterday. Had one of the all-time great quotes by a player. Here is James. So, in Philadelphia, he talked about his time in Philadelphia, and we'll hear that too. But basically, it's about, hey, I had to subjugate my role. I had to become a ball distributor. I had to do all of these things. I subjugated my game for the good of the team. But that ain't me, and I ain't doing that no more. Here is James Harden asked about being a system player. Um, I don't think – when I'm in a leash, I'm not in just shooting the basketball every time. I'm in, like, I'm a I'm – a, like, I think the game, and I'm a creator on the court. You know what I mean? So if i got a, a, a voice to where I can, hey, coach, I see this. You know, what you think about this? Then it's like, oh, okay. Like somebody that trusts me, that believes in me, that understands me, that I'm just not a, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a system player. I am a system. You know what I mean? So um, somebody that, that can have that dialogue with me and understand and, and, and move forward and figure out and make adjustments on the fly throughout the course of games, probably really care about. You know what I mean? It's not about me scoring a basketball, scoring 30. 34 points. I've done it already. So um, that's what I meant by that. Can he have a dialogue with the sound guy there to tell him to stop tapping on the table while he's talking? I know. They're blowing through a straw or whatever he's doing. He's do, He just, when he talks, he's using his hands to tap the table. That's what we're hearing. Hey, can he, the AV guy, can you talk to him and tell him, hey, I know you're not a system, but you're messing with my system. Hey, your sound system. Our yeah. sound system? Yeah. You're messing it up. You yeah. might want to say that I'm not a system guy, I'm a system, because that could come in handy on this show but 
Uh, <laughs> I honestly, I am uh, a, I, I, you know, I, 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 it's I wanna, not as egregious as you just say. I'm not a system guy. I'm a system. I am the system. It would have been better if you have said, I'm not a system guy. I am the system. Yeah. But he... And then he got up and walked and out. Yeah. That would be so much stronger. Yeah. What he's saying is that he sees the court. He thinks basketball. He creates. And a lot of that is, is going to be true. But he also, you know, he needs the coach to... I just... I still can't get over this whole collaboration thing. Daryl Morey should be forced to do at least two years of house arrest. If not three years in prison or two years, uh, one year in prison, three years of probation, two Wait years a minute. of house Go, arrest. Daryl Morey going to prison for this? Well, at least house arrest or probation. Wait, what did he do? He created, he helped to create this. He fostered this. No. What did he put in his house, John? Why don't you tell people what he put in his house? He's got a giant painting of James Harden. He had it commissioned for thousands and, of dollars. Uh, yeah, and it's like right when you walk in the house, it's you see James Harden. He but hates- he did say that. He said, well... James made his career. He's right. But you no, he didn't. You making the move for James did your career. But James, being as successful as he was, a Hall of Fame player for you, See, he made Daryl Morey. This is the reason why Daryl got trapped in a numbers guy of all people, a dispassionate, everyone's worth the value. Somehow fell in love with the move Daryl made was brilliant. He did his homework on it. Yes, he did end up being better than you anticipated, better than everyone anticipated. But that was your move. You should look at it as, I recognize this in him. I made this move. I put this together. You know, you shouldn't have, like, unfortunately, Daryl looked at it as, he made my career. I need to get a painting of him. Well, but I could, need to give him super maxes. But the, look how uh, emotional Daryl got about When a guy comes him. through when you trade for him or you draft him, I mean, look what I did. No, that guy did it. The guy who drafted Ben Simmons first overall goes, man, we got Ben Simmons. Look at that. And what did that turn out for you? How'd that turn out yeah, for but you? If, you? if James Harden turns into a, a bench player with Oklahoma City, make turns you. into a Hall of Famer. He didn't make you. You had great trades. with. You had the great trade to bring Goran Dragic in. Uh, the the <laughs> Rafer. No, really. He brought. No, he stole, really. He stole those guys Gordon. are role players. James Harden was a superstar. I know, and he brought him in. Who else was thinking that far ahead to bring James Harden in? If you know the story behind it, he was working on this a year in advance. Yeah. Like the the way that Daryl pulled this off was brilliant. It's one of the great thieves. It's it's that's not James. That's one of the great thieveries of all time. Is what. Daryl traded for James Harden. James had to to perform the way he did. I know, but you don't. But why do you say he was I, a would, bench I would be player. nothing without James Harden? Nothing. Who does that? No, I don't, honestly, that's what GM nothing, does that? But James Harden made his career. He absolutely did. James Harden did. James Harden validated his small ball stuff. Like he validated his three and free. <laughs> James Harden validated that. Like his one player has single. It's James in the Harden art. won at almost the highest level, but it's in, it's in and the, it was in, in eighty five percent because of James Harden. It's in the it's in the article though. James validated the, his idea of one guy possessed it who's hyper efficient and can score, and then we drive, we get free throws, we get layups, we get threes, and part of that is kicking out. We can have one guy do it who's not a standard point guard. He he validated Daryl's concepts, his his whole money ball, or his whole. Uh, musical he made up was about three being greater than two that's daryl's whole thing is math three being greater than two and james and and the rockets helped to validate that but with that said you got to be more secure than putting a painting of another man in your house because you think that 
he is the one who made you. Look at how often you gave him. You kicked out but, coaches listen, because of James. I you kicked off players because of right. James. That's too much, John. Right. Like, like we made Dell's career, right? Does he have paintings of us? No, no. I wouldn't have a painting of a guy in my house. Okay, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. Dell might. I don't know. No, 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 no. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order okay. yourself. What so, did you, hold on. So, so here's believe, the deal. Hold I'm on. not going to do what Daryl did. Hmm. I'm not going to have an undying love like Dell should have for us. Why should I have an undying love for because you? Because of uh, how we made your career. Okay. Um, did, did, this, Dar- this career path that you're on, I don't know. an extraordinary career I'm path. I'm just pointing out Daryl turned, turned his organizations upside down to keep James around. I don't remember that happening for me. No. Right. He also supermaxed him. Yeah, I don't remember that Multiple happening for times. me. Yeah. That didn't happen for me. I mean, one year would pass and Daryl's like, extension! Well, Please never go anywhere. Please! Well, no, I mean, his undying on. love for James is real. But he does He does appreciate what James has done for his career. He he, he loves what and, and you know what? Yes, he made the move. He had the theory about three greater than two, but he had to have somebody do it. That's and fine. James did it, but almost at the highest level. But he did it to the point that James became insufferable. When you gave yes, James yes. the ability to carve out which players could be on the roster, hired friends of James's. Well, would it have been the- better if James wasn't the diva? It wasn't yeah. a strip club think- enthusiast. Wasn't a. Uh, uh, the white party guy, would it be, have been better if James white was par- more clutch yes, in the he, postseason? White party guy means Rick Ross's yeah. it, linen white party. Right, right, right. Not like he's just going to, oh, mm-hmm. what is James doing here? <laughs> no, if he was more clutch in the in, in elimination games, yes, all of those things. However, right, Darryl, uh, however, I ain't putting a painting of a man who literally decides that he's going to quit against the Spurs. Painting comes down. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But Daryl loved it. The Rockets. Look, the Rockets wanted him back this year. This is why it's people so need to be put in jail. To me. They need to be. There needs to be house arrest. Ooh. You created. Wow. You you're, guys created a monster. James is over here telling ground. people he's the system. You're trading. You're treading on dangerous ground. You want to put people in love. You want to put people in jail because they love who they want to love. Yeah. That's dangerous ground. You're, you're making it sound like it's not. What did you say? I didn't. What? You're trying to make you it a love is. You're trying you to make love. it love is he love. He wants to outlaw that, love. He's trying to make it no, love no. is love. Who I'm was saying, it saying with I Katie stand Perry, against James. You love who you love. I stand against I James. No, yeah. well, it sounds like you stand against allowing no, one man yeah. to love another. Yeah, that's not. That's not what this is. He, you see he's what not, he's done? He's trying to look at him laughing. You're not inclusive. I know you two are terrible. This is about. Daryl and and really Tad and everybody mm. making James so, believe that he had unlimited power because he did. He mm. was Mr. Unlimited. You continue to he mention had unlimited men. power. You continue to mention men and who they love and yeah. apparently have a problem with it. Yeah, them. right. You're not inclusive. Uh time for us time for me. That's just his NFL coming out. <laughs> he doesn't have nothing on his end, in his end zone. No. no. He ain't saying, okay. No, no he's – well, the NFL would never do it for that. First of all, the all NFL uh, is extremely no, – no, 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 no. the They're... NFL goes out of their way. How so? <laughs> Are you kidding no. me? No. Do you want to see the days and the nights and the flags and the and the end zones and everything we have? We, oh, we're very inclusive. The end zone is about racism, not we're very, about love is the love. The end zone is not about racism, yes, not in, now. Ending racism. The end zone right now is about I need you all. men's uh, testicular cancer or whatever. Not, 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 or there's colon cancer. no transition here, but I do need you all to join a family. Movember. And it's the Chastang family. 
That's what I need y'all to join because I'm part of the family. I've bought multiple vehicles from the Chastangs, and I love that. I and I love the deal that. And it's not just because it's me because I speak for them. It's how they treat everybody. They treat everybody the same way. I've heard that you know the first one of the first things that they're going to ask you is where do your payments have to be because they don't want they want you to be able to handle it. They don't want you to be regretting having this vehicle because it's too much for you. They want you to have the vehicle as exactly as you want it. If you order it, they're not going to try to add on tinted windows or sunroofs or leather seats they wanted to you to get it the way that you want it sure you want all the accessories but if you're if you can't afford that then get it the way that you want it not at an unaffordable price because that's the way the chest things roll they want you to be able to handle whatever it is they're not going to add on they're not going to mark up they've got the lariats right now the super duty <laughs> they've got twenty five hundred dollars off right now in rebates if you're looking for that that is the place to go and get it whatever you're looking for for Wise or pre-owned vehicle, you've got it at Chastang Ford on 610 at Homestead, not Hempstead. It's just five minutes from downtown, or you could do it all online at ChastangFord.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. 